Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. We continue in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 26. Victim to victor. God changes us from our old past of being a victim of the world and Satan and sin to our new future, to be victorious and to be a victor in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You can stop playing the part of being a victim because Jesus makes us victorious. It's going to get good. Now we're going to have the victory. It's been a long struggle with sin and the flesh and temptations and the devil and the world. But now Paul's going to tell us we have the victory. When you mature as a Christian, you become powerful and you become empowered by the Holy Spirit. And as you learn who you are in Christ, and as you walk with the Lord and in the power of the Holy Spirit, you will become victorious, and you will give up playing a victim and play the part of the victor, the victorious Christian life, and you will stand strong, you will be able to confront, you will be able to forgive, and you will be able to overcome the past and abuse and enemies and abusers, and you will be victorious in Christ. Jesus' love empowers us. Ask for God's help. We cannot do it without him. Romans 8.26 In the same way, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, also helps our weakness. He's our secret weapon. He's our power source. God knows you're weak. The flesh is weak, but the Holy Spirit is strong. And greater is he who is in you, the Holy Spirit, than the devil and his demons who are in the world. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. God, I need to pray, and I don't know what to say. My prayers don't seem to get past the ceiling. I just don't have the words. I, I have the emotion and the pain, and I need help. Well, guess what? You have a prayer warrior, the ultimate Holy Spirit, and he intercedes for every Christian. I always wanted the gift of tongues like my brother had, uh, and he would cry and be so emotional. He said it was the most beautiful gift, and I always coveted it, but God never gave that one to me. But yet the Holy Spirit will still pray for every believer, and he can communicate beyond human words, beyond heavenly words. He can communicate in a different realm, and he can communicate your feelings and your thoughts to God himself, to the very throne. 27, and he who searches the hearts, this is God, knows what the mind of the Spirit is. The Father knows the Holy Spirit. The Son does this. The whole Trinity is connected because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. 
It's what I call a Trinity prayer. Jesus taught that we pray to the Father, our Father who art in heaven. We pray through the Son, he's our only way to God, and we pray by the Holy Spirit, he empowers us, he gives us the words, the sounds, the power, and so all three persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are a part of our prayers. Do you see it? 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. This is the key verse. You need to memorize this verse. Do you know my friends in the world, they know this verse, but they only know part of it, and they misquote it. And they tell me all the time, well, you know, all things work together for good. Doesn't the Bible say that? Uh, no, <laughs> it doesn't. Let me read it again. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Not everything works together for good for everybody. But if you're a Christian, if you love God, if you know Christ, if you are called and you have his purpose, now everything that happens to you will end up for your good in the end. God, why did I go through this accident? Why did I get COVID again? Why am I at this funeral? Why am I in this pain? Why did I lose this job? Why did my you know, spouse leave me? God has a purpose. Sometimes horrible things have happened to me, and people said, well, why did God let your loved one die, Pastor John? God has a purpose. Sometimes he lets me know now, and sometimes he'll let me know later. And in heaven, we'll know it all. But I have to trust his plan, his purposes, even when I don't understand them. This is our promise, and you should memorize this verse. Verse 29, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. We're going to start to get into some theology, and it's a progression you are in God's theological plan. Theology is the study of God, but you're in God's study because his theology is his plan for your life. Do you see this? He has foreknown you. He knew you before you were even born. When you were in the womb, he knew your name, right? The prophet. And he predestined you. He chose you before you even knew it. And he had a perfect plan for you. And he is conforming you to become like Jesus. Do you know the end result, the goal is for you to become Christ-like. And hopefully every day we become more like Christ. And in the end, we will reach perfection and be like Jesus. That's the goal. 
It's sanctification. The Holy Spirit has begun this work in you, and he will not stop until the end when you become like Jesus in his image. Jesus is the firstborn, the first to enter heaven, the first to resurrect from the dead with his glorified body, and he enters heaven first. Kind of like a born again, born from the dead, if you will. And he is preeminent. He is first place. He is the firstborn son, if you will, who gets the inheritance, but he shares it with all of us. The firstborn male is important. Of course, Jesus is God. I know he was never born spiritually. He always existed. Yes, he had a physical birth. We celebrate Christmas. He was born from the dead, his great resurrection, and he is the most important one. And God has chosen us. Ephesians 1, 4, we're chosen in him before the foundation of the world. Before earth was created, God already had a plan in his theology for you. Verse 30. And these whom he predestined, this is us, he also called. So God predestined you and God called you. But that's not fair. That means God chose me. It's already planned. He rigged it. What, how can I? It's like, where's my free will? You have free will. But God has sovereign will. That means he can override you and he can do whatever he pleases and he doesn't need your permission. And I'm so glad he chose me, because I don't know if I would have chose him. I'm so glad he loved me first and he reached out to me and he won my heart and that I responded to his awesome love. And I am predestined. That kind of blows my mind. And I'm called, I've been picked, I've been chosen. And these whom he called, he also justified. And again, justified means just as if I'd never sinned, he made me clean. The cross, right? The cross beam, he subtracted my sin and the plus he added to me the righteousness of Christ. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. You see the progression. Glorification is the final result. Now, I don't reach perfection here on earth. I sin every day. But when Jesus takes me home, and he resurrects my body, and he gives me a brand new body, he finishes the work. That is what we call our glorification, where you're perfect, you no longer sin, you're holy, you're cleansed, your new body, you can stand in God's presence, God's going to enlighten you, you're going to understand it all. That is the glorification of the saints. That's the final link, that's the final step in this progression of you. I'm going to be glorified in Christ. I'm going to reach perfection. See, right now, I'm under construction. I still sin. I'm sorry, I still mess up even as a pastor. But when we get glorified, we won't lie anymore. We won't sin anymore. There'll be no sin in God's presence. We're going to be made perfect through the Holy Spirit and through the work of Christ. I cannot wait. And we call this soteriology. 
Soteriology means the theology of salvation. This is how we're saved. He foreknew us, he predestined us, he conformed us, he called us, he justified us, he glorified us. It's like a little complicated, but you're under construction and God will finish that work in you which he has started. Win through Jesus and his love. Verse 31, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? You see, if you're on God's side, you're a winner. I remember in grade school, we would play sports and we'd have team captains and they'd line all the kids up and they'd start to choose. I want you, I want Susie, I want Johnny, I want Jack on my team, right? And I'd always pray, please, Lord, don't have me be the last one chosen, right? So embarrassing. Nobody wants Johnny, little Johnny, go home, you know. But here's the good news. Jesus, the captain, Jesus, the king of kings, has chosen you to be on his team. He's the anchor. His team always wins. If you're on Jesus' team, you will win. You will make it to heaven. Jesus will carry the entire team. And so if God is on your side, you've already won. No need to worry. But I mess up. I hold the team back. You know, I'm such a horrible Christian. Hey, you've already won. Jesus will carry us across the finish line. Who can defeat us? Who cares about the world and the devil and his demons and our sins and our past? It won't stop you. Jesus is for you. You will win. 32. He who did not spare his own son, right? The Father gave you his son, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, but delivered him over for us all. God gave you his son to every, every human, but only the Christians have received him. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? If God's given you his very best, everything else is icing on the cake. If God's given you Jesus, then he'll give you all your needs. He'll give you that spouse. He'll give you that job. He'll heal you. He'll come through. He'll give you that miracle. You got Jesus. If you got Jesus, it's the package deal with Jesus comes all the blessings and the gifts of God. He will not withhold any good thing from his children. Whatever it takes, God will come through. The cross is proof. Verse 33. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. On, have you ever had to go to the courtroom? Have you ever been on trial and... You had the prosecutor against you and accusations and charges, and then you had your defense attorney, and then you had the jury and the judge, right? And then at the end, they make the final verdict, right? And they ask you to stand. Can the defendant stand? And the jurymen, you know, we, the members of the jury, find the defendant 
not guilty. God will stand as the final judge and he will declare you are not guilty. Because of the work of Christ, you are not guilty. You're innocent. You're pure. You've been cleansed. You have the righteousness of Christ, a gift of amazing grace. You are not guilty. You've been justified. God decides who gets in. God decides who is innocent because of the work of Christ. Verse 34. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Jesus prays for us. Jesus is our advocate, our defense attorney, and I'll tell you how God's rigged the the courts is, in the end, the Father puts the Son in charge of all judgment. And so Jesus has paid for my sins. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus has risen from the dead. And Jesus will make the final decision because all judgment will be rendered to the Son. And if you know Jesus, you're in. Right? Don't they say it's who you know that gets you in? <laughs> Do you know Christ? And does he know you? Verse 35. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Can anything or anyone separate a Christian from Jesus and his love, from his cross and his work and what he has done for you? I say nothing. No one. This sounds like security of the believer to me. If you're born again, if you know Christ, if you have given your heart to him, if you have relationship with him, Jesus said, if you abide in him, I believe you have eternal security. And nothing, and no one, and not even the powers of hell can separate you from Christ and his love. And he goes through the list. Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, just as it is written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. It's true, Christians will suffer. Jesus said they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. Jesus promised, you know, we will have tribulation. If you stand for Christ, the world will attack you, but it will be nothing in comparison to the rewards and the blessings. It will be worth it to serve the Lord. And none of these things can separate you from Jesus and his powerful love. Verse 37. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. Do you see it? You are a victorious conqueror. 
You are a victor. You're going to win. You're not a loser. You're not messed up anymore. You're going to have the victory. You're not a failure. You're not a mistake. You're God's chosen. You're called. You're predestined. God's got you. You're in his hands. You need not worry. You're going to make it. You're going to win. You're going to be victorious. It is God's loving reach. God's arm is not too short. God can save you. His reach is infinite, endless, and inescapable. And Jesus says that we're in his hand, and the Father's hands are over his hands, and no one can pull us out of his hands. John chapter 10, right? Security. I was thinking of persecution and horror for being a Christian, and I thought of Corrie ten Boom and her book and movie, The Hiding Place, and how she hid Christians and she hid Jews and she smuggled out Jewish babies to save them from the Holocaust and from annihilation of Adolf Hitler. Her and her family hid the Jews in the hiding place of their house, the secret room. But she got caught, her and her family thrown in the concentration camps. She went through horror and torture and persecution, unimaginable despair and attack. And she said, there is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. Nothing and no one can pull you away from God's love. You are victorious in Christ. 38, for I am convinced, and he goes on with his list, if that wasn't enough, for I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, some translations explain principalities are like the demons of hell. Oh my gosh, the devil's after me. His demons that wreaked havoc in my life, they're going to pull me away from God. No, not even the principalities and the demons of hell can separate you from Christ and his love. Nor things present, nor things to come, the past and the future, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, no one, no how, there's nothing that can do it. But pastor, I'm a horrible sinner and I've done the unpardonable sin and I'm just so wicked and I have like lost it all. No. The demons of hell, I made a pact with the devil, and you know, I did these horrible things in my past. No. I, I'm just no good, and you know, these memories, and, and you don't know what I've been through, and I know that I'm going to hell, and God's cast me out. No. If you've come to the cross, if you've put your faith in Christ, if you've made a pact with Jesus and say, be my Lord, I confess you are Lord, I will serve you, I will follow you. If you have a relationship with Christ, you are secure in Christ.
If you have Jesus, you have it all. And nothing can separate you from Christ and his awesome love. My friends in the world say, oh, do you know the most powerful thing in the world is love? Well, not exactly. <laughs> if you're talking about man's love, you love me now, you didn't, you cheated on me, you divorced me, you left me, you slapped me, you said you love me now, you love somebody else. I mean, have you experienced man's love? It falls short, it goes cold, I love you, now I don't, now I love someone else, now I've thrown you out, I've divorced you, I've fired you, I've spit on you, that's man's love. Man's love is weak and frail and it falls short. But I believe one of the most powerful, awesome things in the entire world is God's love, is Jesus' love. And we call this love agape love. This is the love that never fails. Faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. This is agape love. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno, at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567, and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.